Hello and welcome to Mic Drop. This is the first in our podcast series. Uh, it's brought to you by the same people who bring you Sequel Presents. And today we want to talk about the importance of communication and the different elements that can make it great from the way we speak to what we say. Today we're talking to Brooke Kinsella about the power of storytelling and how it can transform your message. So welcome Brooke. Hello, good morning. Thank Hello. you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining. So Brooke uh, is an anti-knife crime campaigner. She's a founder of the Ben Kinsella Trust and uh, also an actress. Brooke, do you mind just starting off by telling us a little bit about yourself and the work you do at the Trust? Absolutely. I mean, you, you summed me up perfectly, so thank <laughs> you so much for that. I guess for me, the, the most important thing about myself is I am a charity campaigner and I am Ben Kinsella's sister, which I am so very proud of. We lost my brother Ben to knife crime in 2008 when he was 16 years old. And it, it was something that changed my life and my family's life forever. Uh, the, the very short story is that Ben went out one night and just never came home again. Uh, lots of weeks of court cases and trials and there were no answers at the end of it there was no rhyme there was no reason he was caught in the wrong place at the wrong time and never made it home and it was something that just completely destroyed us as a family I was an actress at the time I was 25 and my life was just flipped upside down and although we were completely heartbroken and grieving we knew immediately that we did not want this to happen to somebody else's brother, somebody else's son. And I remember feeling terribly guilty because knife crime was on the rise at that time back in 2008. And I remember just kind of opening the newspapers and reading story after story of, of young boys and young girls' lives lost and thinking that's terrible and just turning the page and getting on with my day. And, and then it happened to us and you don't think it's ever going to happen to you. And then it did. And so we realised quite quickly we didn't want this to happen to anybody else and what could we do to put a stop to it and we founded the Ben Kinsella Trust in Ben's name as his legacy to educate young people on the dangers and consequences of knife crime and that was 15 years ago this year. Wow it's 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 incredible as you say you don't think this is going to happen to you and Ben's legacy in terms of creating the trust is incredible and really important what you do. How do you bring storytelling into it? So Ben Kinsella Trust, you have, is workshop the right, is that is that right, the right term for what you do with young people? Exhibition is the term. Exhibition. exhibition. We have the Choices and Consequences exhibition and storytelling is absolutely vital it is the essence of what we do Ben's mm -hmm. story is the heart of what we do when it started in all honesty it was a purely selfish motivation in that we didn't want Ben to be forgotten he was 16 he'd had such a short time on this earth he was so special to us and we wanted to tell the world about him we wanted to tell his story and starting from that point we use his story to 
show the consequences of what knife crime can do, not just to Ben and to my family, but the ripple effect that it had on so many lives throughout our community, throughout society, really. And we use Ben's story. There are so many elements to the story that we tell in our exhibition, starting with the fact we use Ben's story to show young people that he was just a normal, sometimes annoying 16-year-old boy. And we talk about the things he loved and the things he didn't love and his family and his friends and his dog and Arsenal and all of those things so that young people start to realise, oh, he's he's just like me or he's just like my brother or just like my friend. So we use Ben's story right from the very beginning to engage young people so that they can relate to, to our exhibition and the journey they're about to go on. And I think the way we tell his story in the exhibition is, is unique. I don't think anybody has ever quite told a story like that in this way. And what's also equally important, we have three exhibitions in Islington, where Ben lived and died, in Nottingham, in Barking, is that in each exhibition, we also share other stories of young lives that have been lost and the impact it's had on their families, which the sequel group very, very kindly helped us to do using audio and visual. We wouldn't have been able to do that without them. And that just helps those stories to resonate in the local communities there as well so that it's not just about Ben we're, we're showing that this is sadly happening over and over again so the very long answer to your question is is storytelling is absolutely everything and vital to the work we do at the Ben Kinsella Trust. Yeah we were we were lucky enough to to experience the um the exhibition in Islington and it is incredibly powerful so obviously we we were a group of of adults going around it and it yeah incredibly powerful incredibly moving do you do you think that young people have a different reaction to the stories you're telling compared to adults have you, have you seen any difference in kind of the the audiences you have and and how storytelling affects them differently i think in all honesty the the exhibition and ben's story is equally impactful to, to adults and young people alike. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's so powerful, we think, that the age of the audience doesn't really matter, but it is noticeable that adults and young children are impacted differently by different elements of the exhibition and the story that we tell. For instance, in the weeks after Ben dying, we were going through his room. He would be furious with us, um, just trying to find any memories because we knew there wouldn't be any new ones and just to kind of look through all of his things and we found his coursework books uh his English coursework books and in there was an essay that he had written literally weeks before he died and that essay again is a story it's storytelling by a 16 year old boy it is so heartbreaking and poignant he basically talks about he writes a story about how he died and it's a premonition of every injury that he received in real life and it starts it's awful and it's heartbreaking and it's violent but the story ends with Ben's uh, telling of him being in heaven and it's so beautiful and it, it brought me and my family so much comfort to to think about that's where he might be now and that essay 
the the adults that go through the exhibition are so overwhelmed by that story and the way that he told it that impacts them hugely whereas with young people not so much um the young people love we have a a prison cell in the exhibition and we have real actors in there and they love that interaction uh the engagement so so i think it, it impacts everybody in the same way but but just different elements hit harder to to different age groups yeah yeah that 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 makes sense yeah the, you mentioned the um the actor when we went around the exhibition going into that section we were all pressed up against the wall in terror <laughs> at that bit um it is incredible it's so moving and one of the first rooms we went into I think you call it the, the family room when there's a video of you and your parents your siblings talking about Ben and it is it's again to use the same word it is incredibly moving and, and has such an impact on you in terms of you communicating and, and you sharing Ben's story it's obviously incredibly personal how do you find drawing on your own personal experience to share these kind of messages this this anti-knife crime campaigning how do you find having to bring your own personal experience in, into communicating in this way it's it's really hard in all mm. it um you know, as I said, I started this journey, whatever you call it, I was 25, which, you know, I'm, I'm 40 this year. And I've got a sister who's, well, she's a bit older than 25 now, and she's still 12 in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> really young age to be thrust into the, the, the public domain for something that is completely heartbreaking when all you want to do really is, is go to bed and, mm -hmm. and not get up again. But to be... I guess the face of something so important and to have to relive and tell that story over and over again was really hard. It doesn't lose any impact for me. It's still as hard to tell each time I tell it, even 15 years on. Um, but it was one of the reasons that my family and I created the exhibition because we started off going into schools, myself, my dad, and telling Ben's story and telling our story. And that you can't do that for very long. It's exhausting and it's it's heartbreaking. And so that was the main reason why we wanted to create Ben's Legacy so that I guess we didn't have to keep doing that personally. And I think, you know, when, when, I, when I started, I was asked to talk to my ministers and politicians and these really important people. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I really didn't. And it was so scary. And I think what I did is I just spoke from the heart and I didn't pretend that I knew anything and that's still what I do to this day um I've always said that the first time I got up and spoke it was at a very public march that was organized in the early days of Ben's death where hundreds and it was young people his young friends that organized it in a matter of hours it was absolutely incredible and hundreds of people came out and marched the streets of Islington um to to say no to knives and at the end of it I was asked to stand up on a wall and talk and I was absolutely petrified I didn't think anything was going to come out of my mouth and whatever did I still to this day say it wasn't my voice it was Ben's voice and it's always for me been about telling Ben's story. So it's it's hard, but it's important. It's hard when we don't feel we're getting anywhere. And knife crime, I think, is the worst it's ever been since losing Ben 15 years ago. It's hard to Gosh. keep going. 
but it is it's just so vitally important that we do keep trying absolutely so if you kind of had to give advice to someone who was having to share a, a, a difficult or, or, or sensitive message what advice would you give someone who had to kind of use communication or, or storytelling in that way I think the first thing I would say is to be ready I think I get lots of requests from families who have lost somebody who ask what can we do how did you do it it's really hard to remember how we ended up here. The early days are such a blur. Uh, we were all just completely heartbroken and grief stricken. And and it's, you know, there, there didn't seem to ever be a plan in place. It just, it kind of unfolded. And we were very lucky that we had incredible support. But the one thing I do always wonder is, especially at the age of 25, was I ready for all that would come with it? And I think when when something happens to you or someone you love, your your instinct, of course, is I want to do something, I want to make change. And that is really important and brilliant. But it's just about making sure you take the time for yourself to be ready to do that when the time is right. And then I think, like I, like I said earlier, just just speak from the heart, just you know, it's it's so important that it's authentic, um, that it's true to what you want to say. You know, we've worked with lots of different political parties over the years, and my message has never changed. My thoughts have never changed. I'm not easy on any one than any other. Um, we know what we want, and we just fight really hard to get it. So, yeah, I would just be ready. I would I would speak from the heart. Social media nowadays is the most incredible tool. Uh, lots of pros, lots of cons, but you can reach so many people by using it, um, which is something I, that we didn't really have 15 years ago. It was there, but not in the capacity that it is now. So definitely a valuable tool to use. And interesting that you talk about social media then and, and kind of the way it's changed. And yeah, as you say, it didn't exist in the same way 15 years ago. Are there any other I guess, new ways that you're sharing Ben's message now that um, and his story now that might not have existed back in the day or you've learned this is great and we're going to do more of it, kind of what what's, what's next for you? We are always looking to adapt and change and improve, especially because... Uh, Things move on so quickly nowadays, especially with young people. I mean, there are so many things that aged 40, I just have not got a good <laughs> yeah. I've got six-year-old and eight-year-old nephews who talk to me about things and I'm just like, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So we're, we're always, we've always got to be learning. We've always got to be finding out the best way to engage young people because we are a young a young person's charity. Um, so constantly, you know, updating our content in the exhibition to reflect social media change and pressure and all of those things that young people are experiencing nowadays that we, you know, thank God didn't have to go through. Um, we're actually right now running a, a completely innovative campaign as well that I, I don't think has ever been done before in this way, where we have partnered with Clear Channel UK and MC Saatchi London, and we're using machine learning AI to raise awareness about the devastating impact of knife crime. And we've, we've run that campaign around Mother's Day this year. And basically, we have digital posters on bus stops across different boroughs. And the posters are triggered by a 
new AI machine learning system. So when an ambulance drives past and a siren goes off, it triggers the posters and the technology then shows really, really powerful messages from from mums to their sons, just highlighting the 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 genuine worry that mums go through due to knife crime. And it is, it gives me goosebumps every time I see it. I'm a mum now myself. I've got a son. Um, I, I feel completely different now than I did, you know, when losing Ben, it's, it's forever changing. And just, you know, this is something that we're really proud of this campaign that we feel will, we're using the bonds, you know, young people, who who do they love? Who might they listen to? Their mums. So we're using that to try and get through to them in a different way, which I think is is really incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you did mention this that it has been fifteen years since Ben's since Ben's death. And this year, I understand that you're focusing on on that as an anniversary. What other things are you doing to raise awareness of? Uh, knife crime and its impact this year it's a really really big year for Mm -hmm. us it's a monumental anniversary and the the truth of the matter is is I wish we weren't still going but the the day for me what I want is for there to be a day where we no longer have to do the work we do it breaks my heart that 15 years on as I said earlier that I believe statistically and I don't like statistics because every number is just somebody else's child, but we are worse off than we ever have been since losing Ben. And that's just, it's really hard to keep going, but we must. Um, so this is such a big year. We've got so many different events planned throughout the year to to mark Ben's legacy and also our work. Um, primarily, we want more young children passing through our exhibitions. That's the core of what we do. That's what's most important to us is the education and prevention of knife crime. We're also planning a big gala in June to mark his anniversary. Plans are still in place. I'm still working on that. But <laughs> yeah, just just to not celebrate his short life, but but just to mark his legacy. And, and we hope that that will raise awareness and just get people in a room and raise funds which is vital we cannot continue our work without fundraising um and pretty much all of our fundraising throughout the 15 years has been from the generosity and the kindness of of the public of strangers and that's why our, our storytelling is so important because it resonates with them and and creates a connection that then drives action if you like. So, so yeah, that's going to be one big key factor in our year this year. And then other smaller little events to just try and get our name out there as much as we can. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Brooke, for such an interesting conversation. As we've said, the work that the Bank and Seller Trust does is so important. So for anybody listening who wants to know more, please do Google, visit the website and learn more about the anti-knife crime campaigning they do. That was our first mic drop and we're looking forward to what the series is going to bring us. Listen out for the next one, which will be coming soon. But yeah, again, thank you so much, Brooke, for your insight and your advice. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.